Hello, I'm Charu Kamaria. I'm a writer, journalist, speaker, and podcaster based in the southeastern United States. And I started this show after many years of working in newsrooms where stories of the day are boiled down to just a few minutes. I want to go more in depth, talk about the things that we all should be noticing and discussing, and help you understand what the story really is. So let's get started. June 28th, 2004, 18 years ago, I am a young reporter working for the ABC affiliate in Asheville, North Carolina, and I worked nightside at the time. And nightside means that you are part of that second shift that comes in to produce shows for the evening newscasts, like the five o'clock, the six. 6.30, 10, and 11, and now probably even more shows because um, that's kind of where the n- local news business is going. But that's what it was at the time. So I work nightside and I come in and I get assigned this story. A man, an older white man, has been found off the parkway in Virginia. And he his fingers have all been cut off. And it looks like an attempt to keep him from being identified quickly. But his name is on his underwear. He had been, and actually it was was a diaper, I believe is what I was told at the time, because this uh, older man had a lot of health issues and he had been in a mental health hospital and he had been checked out by his son. His son was a local doctor in the area practicing family medicine in Fletcher, North Carolina, which this part of Fletcher, I actually think of more as Fairview, this more rural community. And um, I go and I interview the detectives with the local sheriff's department about the case. And they tell me, you know, that they've, this body was uncovered. They're trying to figure out exactly where the homicide took place. He had been found strangled in it. So that was how the man died. And they tell me that they believe this doctor killed his father, the motive being that he was going in debt paying for his um, stays at various nursing homes and this hospital that he was at. And that was the, um, the motive that they gave at the time. And they told me that he kind of mentioned in the interview that his father sexually abused him and when they were in the vehicle together, his father attempted to molest him again, forcing his head into his crotch. And remember this, this Dr. Gilmer, Vince Gilmer's driving, okay? And they, they couldn't believe this. The investigators said, there's no way this guy is just a big, big dude. There's no way that this frail old man tried to do this. And the rest of the conversation with the police, with the detectives was about where is this case going to be prosecuted? And they were very concerned about um, who should make the arrest. They had not arrested the guy. They told me all of this stuff off the record, which is really common if you're a reporter. And they said that um, we we don't want to take it on. We don't want to make the arrest in case it ends up getting prosecuted in Virginia because we don't want to have to keep going back and forth. So they were sort of in this jurisdictional fight about who should make the arrest, where is it going to be prosecuted, and um, the amount of time that it would take away from their duties in the community that they served in there, Buncombe County, North Carolina. 
So they, they had not arrested him, but they were very sure that he had done it. And I get my interviews. And then of course, I got to go talk to the son. That's kind of my job is to get a statement from Dr. Vince Gilmer. And the detectives are like, no, are you crazy? Like this guy chopped off his dad's fingers and he strangled him. Um, you know, you, you can't go over there. I kind of, and I remember telling them, I kind of have to go over there. That's what I do. That's my job. I've got to go get his statement or ask him if he wants to say anything. And they said, all right, well, you know, I mean, be careful. Yeah, I mean, we warned you, right? That was kind of the state, the thing that they told me. So me and the photographer get in the news vehicle and we start heading over there. And the police had told me that he lived um, near the clinic that he practiced at, sort of down the road. And I remember that day I was wearing these wedge heels. So they were maybe three inches wedge heels, strappy straps across my ankle. And I remember the photographer looking down and saying, you know, if this guy comes after us, I'm not waiting for you. Uh, those shoes are terrible to run in. You're not going to be able to run away in those, and I'm not waiting for you. And we laughed about it, and, you know, d- I didn't really have time to go get another pair. Usually I carried another pair, but for some reason that day I didn't have anything. Like, I usually would carry canes to slip on and off. So we go to this guy's house, and we decided, my photographer and I are not very big people. We're both kind of short-statured and slight, and we had decided to go up rolling, camera on, sound on. Um, I'm holding a microphone. We we didn't know how it was going to go. And we thought that at least this way we had some video of the interaction, right? And we also were sort of thinking, and this is a really common practice with news crews. If you go up rolling, maybe somebody will act right. Like it will stop them from hitting you or taking, pulling a gun out on you or something like that. And I don't know if that's still the case. This was 18 years ago. And since then, a lot more news professionals have been um, harassed and attacked since then because the climate has gotten progressively worse. But at the time, that's what we were thinking, um, that to some degree, this would be some level of safety. And at the very least, if something did happen to us, here's some evidence for you. I was younger, I didn't have kids, and I maybe didn't feel like I had that much to lose. And perhaps I was a little bit of an adrenaline junkie too. So we go up there. And it's sort of this log cabin house, and this big front porch with a huge mountain behind it. And go up, knock on the door, took a few minutes, I hear some shuffling, and this man comes outside. And he's huge. He's um, had to be six something easily, easily, I just remember him sort of towering above my photographer and I. And he had big shoulders and sort of a round face, a thick beard. And he had huge thighs. Like I wouldn't call him fat, but a lot of muscle and not super toned, like kind of like if you've ever seen like just a really thick country person or like a, a just real thick farm boy, like just country, you know? Um, so the, these folks, they can, it's obvious this person is strong and could lay you out, um, but doesn't go to the gym and is not super cut. That's kind of what I remember thinking. And he had a t-shirt and shorts on and big, thick hiking boots with thick soles and thick hiking socks. And 
he's clunking around in his house in this gear, right? And I just remember him coming to the door and I introduce myself and I tell him why I'm there. And I know that he's killed his father. I don't know if... I'll get to his story in a minute. So I'll tell you that he may not have realized that he had killed his father. But I knew, but I can't tell him that, right? Like I can't say, oh, you know, I know that you killed your father or the police think you killed your father. So I'm just sort of like, uh, hey, Dr. Gilmer, my name's Charu Kamaria and I'm here to get... Um, a statement from you, if you wanted to give one, I'm, I'm sorry that this, this happened to your father, you know, and, and trying to get him to say something. So I've got something here on tape, right? And I remember him, you know, I'm just trying anything. I'm, I'm saying that and I'm kind of telling him, um, you know, do you have any idea who would do this to your father? And just sort of like, you know, is there anything you want to say to the public? Did they see anything off the parkway that seems suspicious? And he's nodding, you know, like just up and down, up and down. And his eyes are blinking like crazy, like just flash, you know, just blink, 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 blink. And I remember thinking he's trying to cry, but the tears aren't coming. And his eyeballs were sort of darting up above him. And at the time, I thought that this, this, these jerky movements and this behavior was fake. I thought, this guy did it and he knows it. And he's not going to tell me that. Um... So he he seemed to not want to linger. He wanted to cut this interaction short. Um, and I knew he was not going to let me mic him and properly interview him. And I did not want to push it, right? Like he hasn't hit me or my photographer yet, and we shouldn't try to provoke him into doing this. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, do you have a photo of your father? I remember asking for that because when you tell a story, particularly in television or film, you need photos or pictures or or some video, right? And I remember asking that and he said, no, he didn't have any. And um, we said, sorry for your loss. And we left. I remember a few days later that there was some sort of um, chase involving him. And it was really bizarre. Like he ended up being found near a mall in the area. Um, I wasn't assigned that part of the story, so I don't have any vivid remem- memories of that. But I, I just remember it was like really weird how all of that went down. It wasn't until a few years later that I heard an NPR story on This American Life detailing this case. It turned out that another gentleman had taken over the practice who was also named Dr. Gilmer, by the way, Benjamin Gilmer. And he became increasingly interested in this former Dr. Gilmer and started looking into it and then quickly realized that the first Dr. Gilmer had something called Huntington's disease, which is this neurological disorder, which just destroys you, just destroys you. And was able to piece together like a lot of information and um, it was fascinating. And I, I'll, I'll have a link in the show notes to the NPR story. This Dr. Gilmer and I then met, Benjamin Gilmer, the second Dr. Gilmer, met after that story aired. And I had left the news business I, at that point for a little bit. I had my first child and was out of that rat race. And he and I met and we talked about it, the, the case, and we were just like, you know, so wild, right? And he told me he was writing a book and he asked if he could record like our interaction. And that was that. 
the book came out and this story has continued to garner like just a lot of press and a lot of interest because it really shows the failures of our judicial system and our prison system. You know, I've always said that if there's a societal issue that's not being dealt with, animal control, mental health, racial justice, or racial inequity, your law enforcement and your judicial system will likely encounter that problem first. And because that's that element of society is not right now equipped to deal with it, it won't be dealt with in the best way. And I think that this case really shows that. It's fascinating. It's also tragic. Um, and Dr. Gilmer, Benjamin Gilmer, was kind enough to give me time for this podcast. And so the next two episodes of the Story with Charu podcast, we're going to be talking to Dr. Gilmer about his work, what he found, where this case stands now. And this season that I've brought back for uh, just some special interviews that I've been working on for the past several months is really about people having bravery to try something new and to question and to bring up something different, um, even in very unlikely ways and unrelated ways. And I'm so thankful that these people have given time to be on this podcast and grateful to be here to talk to them about their work um, when they challenge the status quo or they're standing up for what's right and making life better for somebody else. So I hope that you will continue to listen to this special season. And until next time, I hope that you find something that makes your soul light and happy. You can support this show by subscribing it, liking it, and sharing it with others. And you can also follow the show on Instagram at the story with Charu. That's on Instagram. It's all lowercase, all one word at the story with Charu. That's where I post pictures of our guests. And I also have um, more fresh takes about current events that we really can't get to in a podcast format. And sometimes just random things from around the globe or just everyday life. You can also find more information about me on my website, charukamaria.com. That's C-H-A-R-U-K-U-M-A-R-H-I-A dot com. Again, that's also one word. And until next time, I hope that you find something that makes your soul light and happy.